just as we have that physical breath for the body to breathe in and breathe out, to restore, to keep the body going, keep it alive. That's the outer reflection of what the Holy Spirit is for the soul. Breathing in and breathing out that loving. That's what keeps the soul going. God created the soul through the Holy Spirit, and it's through the Holy Spirit that gives the soul life and keeps us going and moving and experiencing. So just as we breathe in and out for the body, we've got to remember to breathe in and out for the soul. And that, obviously, is the meditation. And the greater the focus we give it, the easier our breathing becomes. The more deeply we breathe, the more deeply we experience that movement of that light and sound that is the true breath of God. And that's the key. That movement of the light and sound is the breath of God. It is that from which the soul has come, and it is that that restores the soul and brings it back. And truth that never left, but it is that that brings us through all of our life experience on every realm, on every level, on every dimension, and that which restores us back into that ocean of loving. So that light and the sound that we speak of here is the key and the most important thing in this action of meditation. When we share with you that sacred name, that name, those words we give you, those are just an outer reflection that we can begin to focus upon. And in so doing, it begins to connect us to that inner word, that inner sound and light. This world is one of reflection. And so we'll utilize things in this world as a reflective process. But through that reflection, as we really look and move with it, if we pay attention, we'll begin to see how that reflects the truth. And it is that truth that is reflecting that we must pursue. In this world, we pursue it outwards. But in spirit, we have to turn around and, put in, and pursue it inwards. So we've got to turn around from looking at the reflection and now begin to look into the truth itself. It's as if we had to look directly into the sun. That's what we're doing. We're turning around inside of ourselves to look into that light of spirit so that we begin to really live or breathe that true breath of God, not as a reflective process, but out of a direct experience. And the meditation is really the key in doing that. So we've got to give it the time and the focus. It really does take a focus to do this meditation. And unless we give it that focus, we're not going to have the fullness of the experience that we would like. The more focus we give it and the more time we put into it, the greater the experience, the greater the awareness and the awakening, and the greater that God can work with us in liberating the soul. You know, I know back... Years ago, ILM used to be a bit different. A lot of gyms sharing were pretty interesting, pretty cool, pretty out there, pretty wild. And I know that's still there, and that's part of the journey of the soul. It's not the focus that we have here anymore. When we started initiations, 
Yeah, it did change the focus. It did change the actions, even the outer actions in which we focus upon in Interlight Ministries now. So there has been a lot of change back in 2000, 2001, 2002, and the end of 2002 when we really announced doing the initiations. But nonetheless, all that that was spoken of in the past is part of the journey, even though a lot of it was dealing with the metaphysical realms, the astral, causal, mental, and etheric. The soul as well, though, and that action of the Holy Spirit, all that Jim shared in the past was all a movement of the Holy Spirit regardless of what realm or what subject or what experience. And a lot of what was covered in the past was really about the journey of the soul. The only thing that's really changed is that now we're really focused directly on the action of liberation, directly on the soul's moving back into that oneness with God. And there's a lot to experience along the way. But it's not that we have to do a whole lot to have that experience. If we can keep our focus simple and upon that sacred name and truly having that intention of returning home to God, well, then all the other experiences are going to be had. And we talk about those still to this day. We share about them. We answer questions to give clarity and understanding. And we'll always continue doing that because there is a lot that we experience on this inner journey homewards. And that's really where our focus is. It is about that inner journey, that journey of the soul returning home. And so there we want to keep our focus to give our attention and direction, maybe even more so now. Because the more focus we give it, guess what? The easier it actually becomes to walk the journey. The less focus we give it and the more we allow ourselves to be distracted by outer, all the outer events of our lives, well, guess what? The easier it is then to get caught up in the outer and lose that inner focus. That's why even over the years, we've been trying to encourage and recommend that even during Q&A to stay focused more on the inner pathway, to let your questions be in regards to this spiritual pathway, not about the outer, the things in the physical life, but rather about the inner, the lessons we're learning the experiences we're having, our dreams, our inner awarenesses, our inner experiences to help us understand the inner journey as we walk through the outer. We're not here to support you in your outer journey. You have that handled. That's your responsibility. We're not here to teach how to live in this world. We're here to teach how to live spiritually, spiritual teachings, and that is always going on regardless of what's happening in your physical life. It doesn't matter what is going on in your physical life. That has nothing to do with your spiritual journey. It does in that, yeah, you the soul is having physical experience. But what's important to understand here and why we call it spiritual teaching is because we want to begin to look and learn about the spirit of who we are that is the one having the experience as we walk through this physical life, regardless of our choices, regardless of what we choose to do or not do in this world, is to really give greater intention and attention to the inner. And that's what the meditation is. 
and does. And then the LAF in accepting responsibility for our thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions is a way by which we can give greater attention to look within, to learn there. You want your physical life to change? Well, this is a way to do it, is by giving more attention and focus to the inner. And as you come to greater understanding and awareness and understanding of the inner journey, the easier it is going to be walk, to walk the outer. It's just a matter of where we put our attention. But that's up to us. We've got to make the effort. Sometimes it's a pretty challenging effort. Other times it's a pretty easy effort. Sometimes it's very automatic. And other times it takes a lot of work to get that inner focus. But nonetheless, we need to give it that attention. In the past, we used to talk a lot more about dreams and our inner experiences and to give clarity and understanding to the symbols of the direct experience of the soul and its journey home to God. And so that we want to continue doing, but maybe even more so. Maybe to even go more deeply into it. Many of you, are, if you've heard over the last few months, We've been sharing, many of you are beginning to really awaken more into the soul realm, into the truth of who you are. But in that, you also may be finding yourself challenged, coming up against those things that maybe are the most difficult to let go of, to free yourself from. You may find yourself at times feeling like you're coming to the end of things, the end of the rope, so to speak. You're at your wit's end. You've pulled out all your hair. I don't have much left. You want to die. You don't want to be here anymore. You're complete. Well, that's part of what happens. You come to your wit's end. You come to that place where it's just done. You don't want it anymore. You're sick of it. You're tired. You've had enough with the challenges of this world. You want to go? Well, that's what we're all going to come across. And sooner or later, it's going to really be in our faces and probably very challenging and difficult. But that's the time when you're closest to liberation. Because to truly get liberated, we've got to complete everything. And that means facing even our greatest challenges, our greatest fears, walking through those walls that we've placed between ourselves and God, accepting those things we've created out of judgment or fear or just simply reaction, to begin to accept all that, to take responsibility for what we've created. Most of us want to avoid and deny, but yet if we're the ones having the experience, we need to accept responsibility for our experience, no matter what that is. Inwards, outwards, doesn't matter what you call it. The truth is, it's all inside of us. And it's easy to spot whatever's going on inside of you, that's it. Where you're challenged, that's where the reaction is. If you find yourself blaming others or making excuses, well, you're only going to make it more painful and prolong the process even longer. At some point, we've truly got to let go of that outer focus 
that outer need or desire for the things in this world and to truly give that focus, that need, that desire for God. That's really what's going on anyway, and we don't even realize it. That outer desire and need where we're so needy for things in the world is really just the outer reflection of the soul's neediness for God. That's what we call the longing or the yearning. That desperation is when we come to that point where now we're facing those greatest separations, that it's almost sometimes like we're suffocating, or at the very least it may feel like a heavy heart or a sick stomach. Those are the energies that we experience where you feel like you're being strangled or something caught in your throat. These energies that move within us are quite challenging and difficult at times. But yet those are the things that we have fed and given life to. Those are the things we need to look at and to begin to learn, to take responsibility for. At the very least, to look and to learn. You've heard me say that a lot lately. So it's as easy sometimes as asking, what is your name and what are you here to teach me? You feel these things going on inside of you. You feel something gripping you or in your heart or in your stomach. Just ask. Have that conversation with yourself. What is your name and what are you here to teach me? I've seen these things inwardly. They have names. They're energies that are karmic lessons. They have a hold of us, but in a sense, we have a hold of them. But if we are willing to look at that and no longer avoid it, is where we're going to begin to fulfill or answer whatever that is running inside, whether it's painful or pleasurable. Because some of it feels nice, but it can still be an attachment. It's funny, it's usually the painful ones that we try to get rid of, and it's the pleasurable ones we usually try to create more of. But ultimately, no matter what it is, we've still got to look inside. And that's the biggest key, is that we've got to look inside and really give that our focus. And we don't mean to give up the world as in do nothing in the world, that there's nothing here for you to do physically. It doesn't mean go become a hermit. It doesn't mean give up your job and all your relationships and all the things you do in the world. How many times have you heard us say, participate, participate? Go do, but don't, in the doing, make that your focus and priority. Go do an experience in the world, but make the inner your focus and priority to look at what moves within you. What is your inner experience even as you're doing the outer? And then when you have time to really just do the inner where you can sit or lay the body down and do your meditation and totally go within, to begin to look and to move through those different dynamics or energies within you that you find challenging or pleasurable. Learn from it all. If it's easier to do it as an outer process, then get out the laugh workbook or get out a journal and start writing. If it's easier to do it with your eyes closed, then do it by yourself. Or if you just wander all the time, listen to a guided meditation. Listen to a forgiveness meditation. Listen to whatever meditation to help you focus. 
That's why we have all that available. It's just a matter of doing it. We have to be active and do to apply all of this, to learn from it. And then when we're here in the gatherings, especially when we move into Q&A, it's the opportunity to get clarity and understanding of the questions you have from the experiences you have. We're more interested in answering questions coming from your experience than we are about answering questions of curiosity just to give information for the mind. We've got plenty of information now. Yeah, we've only got a few books out there, but we've got over 12 years of talks on the website. We've got dozens of meditations. There's a lot of information now we have on the website or just in written form or audio. There's a lot there. Utilize it. Be active with it. You really want to wake up? You need to become active on your inner journey. Start writing your dreams out. Start writing your awarenesses in meditation. Become active so you wake up and become aware of that movement of the divine within you. It's there in all of us. And it's as simple as the purple light. You close your eyes, and when you focus here, you see that purple light, or maybe a faint white light just moving. You don't know if it's coming or going or moving around, or it can look like a white cloud. Or even if it's totally dark, do you feel a sensation on your forehead or top of your head? Well, that's all the presence of spirit. And all we've got to do is give it more attention. The more attention we give it, the more it's going to wake up. And within that, we're going to begin to have more awareness, just an inner knowing level. People would call it intuition maybe, but it's really an inner knowing. As well as going into direct experience, whether it's right while you're just observing here or whether you go out of body, or even if you go to sleep and go into the dream state, you're going to have experience. And it's a matter of waking up in that experience and realizing that all these inner experiences, there's a level of truth or reality that we're awakening to that is well beyond the physical world. We've just got to begin to make that more important in our lives for it to become more awake and important. Well, that's up to each of us individually how important that is to us. For me, it's been very important. Ever since the age of 23, when I started, it's been very important. I've given it a lot of time and energy, where obviously it's become my life. And so as we make these things more important and become more integrated in our lives, the more we're going to have awareness and understanding. And then what do we do with that? Well, it's challenging because a lot of the times we want to somehow place it into the world, bring it into the world. We have inner experiences and then we try to physicalize those experiences. Well, unfortunately, those are experiences spiritually on other levels that are not and cannot be physicalized. They're spiritual. You can't physicalize those things. So many people think they're going to spiritualize the body, spiritualize the physical consciousness, bring heaven on earth. 
It's backwards. It doesn't work that way. I hate to say it, but people are wasting their time doing that. This is the journey of leaving this level and moving to the other levels, to wake up on the other levels in which those spiritual experiences reside. We don't bring those here. We go there where those experiences reside. So this is an action of soul travel, the soul traveling, the soul moving, the soul waking up into these other experiences beyond the physical until ultimately we wake up to that truth that is God, that is pure, pure loving, and that's all it is, pure light and sound that makes up loving, that is truly the essence of God itself that eventually we're going to wake up to and experience fully to know that, to live that. In the body, yes, it's a momentary experience, and then when we come back, we may remember it, hopefully, but now here we are more focused in the body again. But if you've woken up to it, that experience is alive and well inside of you, no matter what you may experience in the physical body from that point on. You know that. And it is that inner knowing that we want you to have. And that is what we're doing here. It's hard in some ways because this action in our light ministries we do of soul liberation has nothing to do with the world. It has nothing to do with your physical life. It has nothing to do with making your physical life better or to change it in any way. So a lot of people say, well, what's the point? Why should I give so much time and energy then to this practice that you guys are preaching here? Why should I do that if it's not going to benefit me physically? Well, for that very reason. Because it's not going to benefit you physically. It's going to benefit you spiritually. If you're interested in that spiritual benefit, well, then that's why you're going to do that. Do this and do that which is required to really awaken to that greater experience. Isn't it strange we walk through this life, the things we encounter and the things that come up inside of us, our emotions, our thoughts, our fantasies? Isn't it strange, no matter what, we do in this world, yet all these things that go on inside of us, and it's always inside of us, no matter where we are, who we're with, or what we're doing, it's always, what is that inside of us? Have you had those moments where you actually feel or experience like, whoa, I'm not part of this creation. You're just in a different place inside of you. You may feel disassociated, but it's a moment where maybe you're in bliss and you, in that disconnectedness from the physical, are more aware of that spiritual, but yet it's such an odd sensation. You feel like you're floaty or in a dream state even when you're physically here in the world. If you've had that, you know what I'm talking about. If not, that's all right. Those moments are where we're really 
beginning to disconnect from those attachments that keep us anchored and focused down and out. It's those moments, in a sense, we want more of. And the more of the inner work we do of turning around and going in and up, we're going to have more of those moments where we disassociate from that physical focus. Enjoy that when it happens, because it's not too often. You're lucky if it lasts a few hours, let alone a day or a few days. It's nice when it does. But realize that's what's going on, and there's truly nothing to be afraid of. If you're going to be afraid, be afraid that you're going to keep staying so stuck on your focus on the physical. Why do I say it that way? Well, if you're going to be afraid, why not let fear serve you? Let fear serve you and become your friend. If you can let fear serve you, then you'll utilize that fear to support you on your journey home to God rather than keeping you stuck in the world. Well, doesn't it? I know a lot of you, and I did for many years, I wanted to get out of here. I was afraid of coming back another lifetime. I wanted to get liberated now and be done. So that fear of not wanting to come back here served me and supported me to motivate me to do the meditation, to do the inner work. Well, I guess fear can be a good thing if you utilize it that way. Start looking at that. Fear can actually serve you and support you on your journey home to God rather than work against you. What makes the difference? You make the difference. How you choose to look at and utilize all of your experience, whether it's fear or judgment or loving and liking, no matter what it is, it's how you choose to utilize and how you perceive, what attitude you hold, what choices you make with all of that, that's what makes the difference. So start looking at you and the attitudes you hold and what you do with these fears or judgments, what you do with all the different experiences, good or bad, positive or negative. That's what makes the difference is what you do with it. Not the experience itself. The experience itself doesn't matter. What matters is what you do with that. What you do with it is what's going to make it work for you and serve you and lift you or work against you and suppress you. That's you doing it, not the experience. If you realize that, then you realize there's nothing to blame or no one else to blame or make any excuses. It's up to you and what you do with every experience that makes the difference of whether it serves you and supports you or works against you. I'm pausing to let that one sink in because that one makes all the difference. What do you do with it? What do you do with your experience? Do you judge it, make it wrong? Do you look at it and learn from it?
It's that simple. Look and learn rather than judge and make wrong. Just that alone will change your life. When I say change your life, I mean in yourself. When you change in yourself, though, guess what? Your other life is going to change because you're going to start making different choices, doing things differently, and having different experience in the physical. And I don't care if you want to make changes in the physical to see if it'll change something inwardly. Sure. Doesn't matter which way you do it. Do it as an outer reflective or an inner one. That's why I always say experiment. Try something new. Do something different. Just physically, go do something different. Experiment. Biggest thing I've often said is that which you want in the world and are trying to get from the world, give to yourself. Give to yourself. You want loving from other people? If you're always telling other people how much you love them because you're trying to get loving out of them, start giving yourself the loving instead. Next time you want to say I love you to somebody, say, I love me. I love me. And even do that with the other person. Usually people laugh when they hear that. But if you do it enough, you'll start to experience the loving now coming back into yourself and then serving you. Believe me, as you can really love yourself and that loving just begins to well up within you, at some point it's going to overflow and people will get your loving whether you say I love you to others or not. They will get your loving just through your presence, through your actions, as well as your words. So give to yourself first. That's the first line of service. First line of service is to give yourself that loving that you want. And guess what? That's what we're doing in meditation. Even though we say love God and let God love you, well, that's really you. So the more you love God, the more you're loving yourself. The more you love God, the more loving from God comes into you until eventually you and God are one. So then it is loving a self, but the truest self, not even just the soul, but beyond the soul into the fullness of God directly. You've got to give yourself the very thing you want from others. It'll make you happy at the very least. And believe me, it'll make others happier around you too because they won't feel then the burden of your neediness. You ever notice that when you try to get something from others, it usually pushes them away or they get really reactive and irritated with you or vice versa? You feel that way with other people when they're trying to get something from you. And all anybody really wants is our loving anyway. Even if it seems emotional or financial or whatever the need, it's really loving behind it that people are trying to get. Unfortunately, in this world of polarity, it pushes us away. And so then we always end up empty-handed or feeling the lack feeling alone or rejected because we all feel that being pushed away or us pushing others away. Don't we do that? 
find ourselves pushing other people away. We go, why do I do that? I want their loving, but why, when I'm with them, I find myself pushing them away instead of accepting the loving? Well, that's what I'm talking about. It only works when we give it to ourselves, and then from the overflow, it'll just touch to other people. Then there's no pushing or pulling. There's no trying to get somebody to love us. There's no trying us trying to love somebody. That's another way of saying unconditional loving. It's just present. And in that movement of that presence, we experience that giving and receiving all by itself because we've brought ourselves into alignment. We've released all those barriers of separation. We've done the work to learn the lessons and liberate ourselves so that that movement of God's loving can just flow freely in us and through us, both down and out and in and up, directly with God, directly with the God and others. doesn't even matter. It's all just a beautiful movement of loving. And all we do is allow ourselves to move with it and that freedom and the joy of it. That's what we're doing here. This is another way. That's another way of just sharing what it's like to live liberated, to live in unconditional loving, and the freedom of that. That's where it's not work. The work is doing all of the learning to liberate ourselves. But eventually that pays off. We've got to remember that. We each have to do the work, not expect others to do it. You've heard me now. I've said it a few times. I'm really tired. I'm starting to shift a little. Well, it's hard to meet everybody's needs and expectations. We all have them. I do too. But once we can stop putting them upon one another, and just start now giving that to ourselves. That's what's going to make the difference. If we really do that, we're going to find things settling down, becoming more peaceful, not being so needy or demanding. And in that, we may be even come nicer and kinder instead of calling names, blaming other people, instead of being mad at them. Why do we get mad at other people? Because we're not getting what we want out of them, right? You're not doing what I want. I've had a few people do that with me over the years. I've done that with others too. Mostly just Jim. but Right? <laughs> well, we're all going to get learn our lessons one way or another. But, you know, if we have just enough neediness, it'll keep us here to have our experience. Once we don't need anything anymore, we'll be out of here. See what you can do, though, to be needy of God 
rather than needy of all these other things you think you want, whether it's other people's love or attention, whether it's experiences or material things in the world. See what you can do to place all that neediness with God. All it is is redirecting the energy. This is the difference. It is redirecting the energy. It's not getting rid of. Most of these things we get disturbed with, we try to cut them off and get rid of them. We try to get rid of all of our disturbance, not realizing we're the ones feeding it and who have created it. You can't get rid of this stuff. All you can do is redirect your creativity to experience something else. So the more we meditate, the more we're redirecting our loving creativity into God. And so that which we've been feeding, all of our emotional and mental neediness, our fantasies and desires, well, the more we redirect that energy now to God, well, then that's not going to be fed. And little by little, it's going to shrink until eventually there's nothing there and it just dies off. And that's what happens. It just dies off because we're no longer feeding it because we have redirected that loving creativity that we have placed into our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, and reactions. So now you know when we say accept responsibility for your thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions, this is the way to do that, is to redirect your loving creativity. Instead of focusing it into all those thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions, redirect that now into that loving with God. It's just a redirecting, and that is through how we focus and where we place our attention. That's really the simplicity of this. And sure, then all that stuff dies off, and in a sense, you've gotten rid of it, that which caused your disturbance. But you got to understand how to do it because it only works as a movement of loving. It doesn't work through againstness and reaction. If you react and try to push it away, you feed it. If you accept responsibility for it and redirect your loving creativity, well, there it comes on up into you. You now have owned it. You brought it back. And as it lifts up in you, it dissolves. And then you're free of it as you continue your journey back into spirit. Because all of those needs or desires only exist below the soul realm. As we come into the etheric and into the mind, well, that's where it begins. And then the emotions, the imagination, and into the physical. That's only where all that stuff exists. That's as simple as you've heard us over all the years saying, are you focused down and out? If you are, you're feeding all that. And if you're focused in and up, you're no longer feeding all that, and you're feeding the spirit within you instead. That's it. So when we talk about self-love or loving yourself, it's as simple as redirecting your focus into the loving itself. The lessons will take care of themselves. Sometimes you need to ask, 
like I said, what's the name? What is it here to teach you? Now, am I doing a psychic thing right now or a spiritual thing? Because I just stopped and I started looking because spirit's moving something different now. So pay more attention to all this. If you want a little more information on some of the metaphysical as well as the spiritual, listen to that talk Jim did from October of 2000 called Frequency of Change for a New Millennium. A Frequency of Change for a New Millennium. I love the guided meditation on that talk too. But on there, Jim shared about in the next 16 to 20 years, we're going to see a lot of changes upon this planet and the whole solar system. And that's a lot of what's also been going on on a global evolutionary level. But being in this world, we experience it all. Our job is not to get caught up in that or to try to change any of it at all. I'm only sharing that or Jim shared that just for our awareness so that as you continue on your spiritual journey, be aware that there's these things in the world that we have to deal with and learn from, but that's not our focus. It's not our job to get caught up in that or try to change it. It's more just be aware of it and do what you can to do your own inner learning not what can you do outwardly, what can you do inwardly to learn and grow. And I'm sharing this now because we're in the last four years of that, 16 to 20 years, we're on year 16. So these next few years, we're probably going to begin to see a culmination of a lot of the changes that began 16 years ago. I don't know how that's going to look, but we're already experiencing it from all the conflict in the world, all the weather changes, to all the disturbances. That's part of this frequency of change for the new millennium. So yeah, there is that new agey stuff. That's why I'm addressing it, to be aware of that. But there's nothing as an initiate you need to do with it. Just be aware. The more you can really live your initiation and hold to your meditation, that's the greatest service, not only for yourself, but you could give to the world itself. The more you live the loving in you, just like I was sharing earlier, automatically it's going to overflow from you to where God wants it to go if that is to be of service in the world around you. But it will. It's automatic. But you just have to live it yourself. So be aware, we may begin to see a culmination. It could get more intense the next few years. I don't know. I haven't been shown anything. But I'm aware that energy has been coming up, and I know it's part of the reason I've had a little more difficulty. And I've seen it in quite a few of you as well. But I say that too because I know as we acknowledge things, we can begin to take greater authority over that. If we react and give our fear away to events in the world, we're giving our power away. And Lucifer wants us to do that because that's how we get caught up, by giving our loving creativity over all the events in the world. 
So if you're getting caught up in politics, if you're getting caught up in all the terrorism, if you're getting caught up in any of this stuff in the world, the weather, the earth changes, you're, give, you're feeding it. You're giving your power to it, which is helping to promote it. If you don't want to help promote all these things, then start bringing that back to yourself and redirecting your loving creativity back up to God rather than all these disturbances in the world. The more you get caught up in that, just realize the more you're feeding it. The more you're going to add to the disturbance then, and you'll probably find out you're going to be more disturbed too. If you notice that, the more you watch the news and all these things, you find yourself going into more disturbance in yourself. Pay attention to that and let it serve you. And then shut that off. Take a little bit. Redirect your loving creativity back up to God. And then see what happens. Do you find yourself now letting go of the disturbance and coming more into peace? I do. I can do it just in a minute. Just like that, I can be that quickly caught up and reactive. But as soon as I let it go, I can be just as quickly now focused inwards, upwards in spirit in that place of peace. Use it as an exercise then for yourself of awareness of what you do with your loving creativity. Because it is your choice where you choose to focus that. Realizing wherever you focus it, you're adding to it and giving it life. So choose what you want to give life. And sure, we all have our lessons. We're going to be called or pulled into certain things, even when it seems like we can't help ourselves. That's often because that's where our lessons are. But here's the thing. As a disciple, as an initiate, it's important to understand when you find yourself going into areas that maybe you'd rather not, but you can't seem to change it, remember, you're sitting in the hand of God. And maybe it's God bringing you through it all so that you can look and learn and be liberated. So don't judge your experience. Truly love your experience. I can't tell you how much disturbance I've gone through, but every time I once again find myself sitting in the hand of God and it was God bringing me through it all. But in order to know that, you've got to be willing to surrender and give it all up to God. Make God your focus, and then God will reveal itself to you so you can know the truth. And that's what Jim and I are here to do, is to share that truth in the way by which to awaken to it, so you can know that and experience it yourself, if that's what you want. Not how to become the world's greatest psychic, well, that's why I started. Jim was the world's greatest psychic in my eyes, so I thought I'd come over in here and learn to be psychic. Sometimes I wish that was the case rather than everything else that's been going on. Not really. Inner awareness does happen on our way home to God, but don't lose sight of God. Many people do. Many people have. 
don't be one of them. Be one of the ones that surely returns home to God, awake and conscious, focused, choosing to place your loving creativity truly where it belongs.